1: Coach S.A.J. says, Ben, I'm telling you, these kids are not coming to Tennessee. This is not Disney World. They're not opening up the pocketbook, and I'm hoping I'm dead wrong. Okay. I mean, you just you got a player committed that never took the, took a visit to Tennessee.
2: Well... He's pretty much uncommitted, it looks like. He's
1: registered as a student. I mean he can always unregister.
2: I, I don't I don't think Tennessee has much to worry there. With that about what? Uh Isaiah Nawar.
1: As far as him going to Texas?
2: I mean I I still expect that he ends up at Tennessee. So why be, is he why you he say he's uncommitted? Because he committed and visited three other schools. Including the one that he's committed to. I mean, if he is
1: in, you know, if he's enrolled in class, that's even more committed than we,
2: he was a week ago. Do, does it matter if he's enrolled in class if he's <laughs> still visiting Texas on a Wednesday? I guess not. No, I guess I guess not. But
1: you know, Coach Saj, they're not going to put this stuff on billboards. <laughs> they're just, they're just not. They're not going to be writing articles about how Tennessee is is paying a bunch of players through the NIL. There's I mean there's gonna be a subtle way of doing things. So um you also have to understand that Tennessee is not out the clear with the NCAA stuff. So um but you got Isaiah Nayor to commit to Tennessee without him taking a visit. So unless you put two, two together, coach <laughs> Evil says, Ben, Small is loyal and a Tennessean. Well, Evil. My bad. I don't really care about the whole loyal and him and a player being from Tennessee. I like Jabari Small. I like him as a player. I really do. I do. I like me some Jabari Small. You gotta stay healthy though. Gotta gotta get healthy. And stay healthy. Vol Storm says, You you're a punk A. That was to you, Ben.
2: Volstorm. And See, Volstorm, Volstorm is
1: so mean on here, but he's so nice in
2: real life. Man. Exactly. He's a, I mean, he's, he's a sucker here on the show. <laughs> Volstorm's one of the nicest dudes ever. Uh, I don't know about nicest dudes ever. He is like, one he, of the nicest he, dudes he's ever. He's not in... Nah, I mean, He's still got a little rough around the edges to him in, in, in person. He's nice he, to me. He, yeah, but that's because you have rough around the edges to you as well. And that's so, because
1: I'm a nice person.
2: Real recognizes real. Yeah. Nice recognizes nice. And 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 I'm telling you from from somebody who really is nice that that y'all y'all maybe aren't as nice as y'all think that y'all are. I have a mean streak if 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 it needs
1: to be brought out. But you have never seen it. Um and it stays locked up and it has stayed locked up for a very very long time. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Do you have like a chip?
2: Like to to celebrate how long it's been locked up, like like uh, like an alcoholic celebrates his sobriety. Do you have a chip? You, you get a new colored chip every year. I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty happy, man. Football was was a good outlet for anger management. But see, like I I judge like how nice somebody is, like to to Vol Nation, like Vol Nation is what nice. Is and, and you don't fit that category. Volstorm doesn't fit that category. Heck, I don't fit that category. Jennifer Morris doesn't fit that category. She's nice. DR Vol- yes, everybody is nice, but like real nice is, is what Volnation is. And none of us are that. Clemson fans will not think Volnation is nice. Yeah, but see.
1: Clemson fans would think Volnation is an a hole. No. Along with South Carolina fans. He, just,
2: he disses them in a nice way.
1: I'm nice. And Vol Stormer's nice debated, in person. Debated. I'm not letting you twist I, this around. I, I disagree. Uh, Olivier going to hit the game winning three, Ben. Olivier or Olivia? He said Olivia, but it did. I'm going to, to chalk up the spell check, and I got your back real deep in the 423 I'm not going to expose you like Ben. Chip Payne said, did y'all see Will Wade almost stroked out during the game last night? <laughs> What's crazy?
2: I didn't really blame him in that particular instant. What's crazy is
1: the referee that he snapped on, it was like they were friends. Cause he didn't even like he didn't even give him a tech. Like he didn't even tell him to get out of his face. Like he didn't even bark back. Like he didn't even look bothered that Will Wade had approached him that way and snapped on him that way. It was really weird.
2: Well, he got a tech after the the non-goal-tending call, and then the foul on the other end. I'm talking about the ref that he
1: went out to the court and got into his ear. Like that ref didn't even react. Isn't that when he got the tech? That I'm telling you that that ref, like I watched his like his his body language. I just watch how cool he looked. Like
2: now there there was, was a that there. was
1: weird to me. Like Will White is allowed to act a damn fool. Yes. And it takes for him to do that to get a tech. And I've, I've seen other coaches do a whole lot less and, now and, that is very and get true. a tech.
2: Yes. But when yeah. he threw his fit, he did get a tech. Cause if, I
1: know that. I, was, I never said that he wasn't. I'm just saying, like, I'm just talking about how the referee responded. Like, right. if you jump into a referee's face like that, a referee is not going to be all cool and calm and, and tell you everything's okay and it, it was like they had a relationship prior. Not not trying to start a conspiracy theory anything, yeah, anything like, like that, like you know Anthony Jordan. But I, I did find it weird that someone, a coach, jumped in your face like that, and the referee just just didn't really pay him any attention.
2: I think the ref knew that he messed up because I thought it was a goaltending. Maybe maybe that's the case. I, I I thought the ball had touched the backboard before the Bama player pinned it to the backboard on the block i would have lost my mind as well what i thought was weird like to what you're speaking to is a couple of of moments later in the game when there's another instance in which will wade was being a, a crybaby he was he wasn't as demonstrative but he was like in the in the coach's ear or uh in the ref's ear and, and the announcers i think it was jimmy dykes he i mean he pointed it out like Hey, somebody on the on the bench needs to to grab Will mm-hmm. Wade and like pull him back and remind him that he already has one tech because this this ref is, is giving him a long leash and being really patient with him mm-hmm. right now.
1: That's what I'm, that that's what I was talking about. Yeah, man, that ref was just just letting Will Wade talk bad to him.
2: Yeah, Will Will Wade is is by far the the most cringe worthy on any bench in America. Like like Bruce Pearl's annoying, Coach Cal's annoying. There are a lot of annoying coaches on the sideline. Nobody is as annoying as Will Wade on the sideline. Oh, yeah. Nobody. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Nelson from Jackson over here mentioning players on the team that he's saying piece two. Who? I'm not going to say it. And then the, the Brady says get the crack vowels out. My stashing them in players' lockers to have a reason to kick them off the team. We ain't doing all that because that would look bad on us getting other players. It may sound good to do anything you need to do to improve the football team, and you might think in the moment it will improve the football team, but really it's going to hurt you if you do that. Nah. You, can't, you can't be you can't be framing
2: your players. To, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, that's why you don't get a coach to do it. You 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 get a student to do you it. Can't do that. Can't do it.
3: <laughs>
2: can't do that Ben. I mean, for the right price, I may be willing to. Mm-mm. Can't do it. Nope. Nope. There there are some of these players can't that do uh, it. Whew, I'd love to pack their stuff up for them and send them on out.
1: got to just wait till they graduate. Wait till this year, this this semester's over,
2: and give them a little nudge. So uh, you want to – we have a, a question from fishingvall 99 asking if we saw Jeremy Banks' story on Instagram. Would, would you like to know what his story reads? Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Banks says, I honestly believe that I am the fastest and the most athletic linebacker in the 2022 NFL draft class and check my stats for production. Fastest and most athletic linebacker in the draft class.
1: I hope he feels that way. I'm
2: I'm not I'm I'm not really bringing it up to 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 you know discuss whether we think he is the most
3: fastest in, no, I, in
2: the draft but like I, why is he saying this on his instagram story is jeremy banks considering going to the nfl and being a part of this draft class is is this why he is saying this i hope he is considering it i hope it's on his mind because i hope that's what fuels him this this next year when he is back and i hope that he, you know your famous line that you like to break out with, with Eve Pons and Cedric Tillman. The, I do in this situation. I don't remember. The, 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 refresh my memory. The only thing that he needs to be considering is what classes he is going to be taking this spring and this fall. Well, that's what I just said. When he
1: is back. When he is back. I want, I want him thinking about that when he is back training with his Tennessee teammates this winter. I think he is at an age. He is at a part of his career that he should be looking at the other linebackers. He should be looking at the linebackers in this class and comparing himself and um, looking at what they have done, looking at their stats, looking at, you know, their play. And stats don't tell the entire story. A.J. Johnson had a ton of stats here as tackles, but it's about your ability to play the next level. That's These college players, man, they got the game messed up. They playing Madden too much. They're playing video games too much. It ain't about just stats. It ain't about just stats. Does your game translate to the NFL? Can you run? Can you tackle? Are you smart? Because if you are not smart, you can't play. This doesn't apply to Jordan Banks whether he's smart or not. But these players think it's just about stats. It doesn't matter. I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday. Would you consider being drafted in the first three rounds good, Ben?
2: Yes, very good.
1: Great. You're instant millionaire. Mm-hmm. You want to know someone that got drafted in the first three rounds and had dog
2: crap stats? Huh? Mm, Josh Palmer. Keep your eyes out on your own computer. It, I'm I'm reading about college baseball. More important. Than no, us. you. Oh yeah, Whatever. Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer. I I don't need your paper to know that answer.
1: Josh Palmer had dog crap stats. You, your youngest could come
2: up with that as, answer as That's a, as a wide receiver here in Tennessee.
1: Dog crap.
2: They were not good. He he didn't
1: have anybody that could throw him the ball. But he had JG. His last year, he didn't even have 500 yards receiving. He only had 33 catches. That's it. Four touchdowns. That's it.
2: That's also what he had with the Chargers this year.
1: That's it. That's all he had here in Tennessee. But I'm going to tell you what he had. I think it was about two years ago at spring practice, and this is when, um, this was before Juwan's last year, I think. And I was like, I think I think Palmer was, uh, still had two more years of play, so it had to be three years ago. And I came back, I was like, uh, Palmer's gonna be the best receiver. It's all said and done. Because he got all the tools. He's raw. He got all the tools, but he's fast. He can change directions. Nice frame. I like he's going to be the best receiver when it's all said and done. Dog crap stats, man. Drafted in the third round. That's great. That's an example that it's not about – it ain't about the stats all the time. NFL personnel traveled to Knoxville. They talk to everybody, equipment managers, training room staff, custodians, academic advisors, um, everyone. They talk to everyone, and I'm pretty sure no one had a bad thing to say about Josh Palmer. No one could say a bad thing about Josh Palmer. Then you go look at the practice film. You see him getting open. You see him practicing. You see his durability. Never really missed any, any games, any practices, then you see the plays, the few plays he made. He made them against Georgia's DBs. And here's the thing about playing football. Even when you don't make the play, they can see that you won the rep. Just because the ball don't come your way, or just because you didn't make the tackle, you won your rep. Can you win your rep at the next level? That's what they're looking for. So it's not all about the stats. But I get off my uh, soapbox
2: and my did, uh, rant. And uh, did my Josh- rep. Did Josh Palmer turn out to be the best one of he, um, Jawan, and Quez? I think that – think they're I all don't, doing really well right that, now.
1: Yeah, I don't think that um,
2: – That book's been written? Mm-mm. No, not yet. We'll let them write that chapter, as Mike Tomlin would say? I, I
1: think Palmer has a the best chance to have a, the best
2: career out of those three. Are you saying that from the situation that he's in or from his uh, skill set? Both. I want to see what quarterback San Francisco brings in next. Trey Lance, <laughs> you think it'll be him?
1: They just drafted, they just traded up to draft him last year. They shipping Garoppolo out of there this, this offseason. season. It's gonna be Trey Lance.
2: If he's trash, I bet they'll bring somebody else in. I mean, they, they, if they don't feel good about it, it's, it's gonna be bet Trey Lance at somebody. the beginning. Just wait till they sign Aaron Rodgers, and then yeah. if they sign Aaron Rodgers, who are you gonna say? Then, then, <laughs> then that'd be a whole other ball game.
1: But. I think Josh Palmer is set up with Justin Herbert the same way that, uh, you know, Reggie Wayne was set up young with Peyton Manning. I, I mean, mean, you
2: don't think Quez is set up well with Taysom Hill? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> He's got Jameis. Man, stop. Jameis back next year. Stop. Stop playing with me, Ben. He had that corrective eye surgery. Stop playing with he, me. He doesn't squint anymore. Yeah, Josh, Josh
1: Palmer set up, man. he set up to have the best career. Don't mean he might be the best receiver, but he might have, he might, he might have the best career because he's set up with Justin Herbert, who will be there another 10 to 15 years. And if Josh Palmer takes care of business this year next year, he's going to have a nice little second contract, huge second contract payday. But again, Josh Palmer didn't have great stats at Tennessee. Never gained more than 500 yards in a season.
2: It's crazy. He had uh, this year in his rookie year. He had as many catches and as many touchdown catches as he did his senior year. Thirty-three <laughs> crazy. and
1: four. It's crazy. But back to Jeremy Banks. I'm glad that I'm glad he's he has that energy. I like that. That's going to mo- motivate him to train, be the leader he needs to be to get to the next level. I like it. I love it. So let's go back. Let's go to the phone. Excuse me, and um, let's get to David in Paducah. David, good morning.
3: Uh, yes, I got it. Couple questions. Number one, make sure I'm understanding. Uh, on the when we talk about these numbers, we can only have 85 scholarship players there per semester, correct? And that's, that's the, where we're in a bind.
1: That's the yeah, 85 is the a, is a scholarship limit,
3: it, right? And that's where we've gotten in a bind. All right. Well, you brought up something this morning that brought a new question to mind. I've got really two questions here. Number one, you talked about getting some of these graduated. Does a Cade Mays and Matthew Butler still count toward our number right now? No. Okay. Because they're playing time is up, right? Yes. Okay. So then my question that I've been wondering when y'all been talking about this last couple of days, we brought in, what, 13, 14 uh, early enrollees, something like that.
1: I don't think the number's and that big.
2: Let me see. They brought in a
3: lot. It's a bunch. And if I understood right the other day, and I think it was Austin Price talking on on another podcast, that's filling up scholarship spots toward that 85.
2: Yes, because they're part of the recruiting class they signed.
3: Yes, okay. So I guess my question then is, would Tennessee have benefited, especially this year, to have gotten some of those incoming freshmen to hold off till May and leave some more spots for somebody that may come open in the portal. Or is that just not a factor?
1: You don't have I don't think you have the leverage to do that. I mean you're trying to get you're trying to get players in the boat. I think the last thing you want to do is tell a player who's who's unsigned to to wait and allow your opponents to go and recruit them and take them away from you. I, I think you get them in a boat. You get them signed. Um the reason why the numbers are the way they are right now is because you did not take a ball ban, right? You said we're going to a ball. We're doing that. Um, I mentioned this yesterday that it's, it's it's hard to believe that Tennessee fired everybody, and that was going to be the only punishment, considering you didn't do a ball ban. So the logical, you know, thought to have is there has to be some type of scholarship production. I think that is going, that is taking place. And so that's a reason why we are not as aggressive in the portal right now because we are at the limit with the reduction of scholarships that we are going to take. It's going to be for this year. So that way moving forward, it's not going to be a problem. So I remember when USC got hit, it was a total number of scholarships that were reduced Per recruiting class, so it was like four or five per class, and it haunted them for multiple years. Well, what Tennessee is look like they're going to do and be set up to do is do the reduction, do it all right now, and then moving forward, it won't be a problem as far as numbers. And I think that's why right now we are not going to be as active because we are up at, against a limit until the calendar year is up, which is May. you got the, you got the fall semester, spring semester, and once guys graduate or, at the spring football, decide to transfer, more numbers are going to open up for Tennessee to bring in guys from the portal. So that's why. Okay, I guess. Go ahead.
3: I guess where I was kind of not thinking correctly was that it was only affecting, the, the numbers for the spring would only be affected by the ones on campus, not including the ones that signed but signed in the early signing period. And what I was, so I guess that's where I was thinking wrong because I was thinking if the, even if they signed in the early signing period but didn't show up, uh, would that have helped our situation?
1: Yeah, like so you got to be at a certain number for for this year, and. Okay. They are they are at that number right now, like they're at the max right there. Not right now, um, and, then, and then once that calendar year ends after the spring semester, there it's a officially a new calendar year, uh, and so now if you are uh, now when you when you get to the football season, you have to be at eighty five. And Tennessee will be closer close to that number. Remember, during the season this year, we were operating in the low seventies. Right. So we'll be closer to eighty-five during the fall. But right now, to satisfy some of the, you know, self-imposed penalties, we are operating in a lower number. um, So that way we can we can move on from the whole Jern Pruitt mess and start clean.
3: Okay. I understand now what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm trying to answer
1: your question without getting too (laughs) too
3: uh, specific here. Yeah, uh, and so what we're saying then is we're imposing these for this year. And so we got to stay down there till that that's over.
1: Yeah, cuz cuz you think about it like this. Tennessee has already played a season with low numbers. Right? right. And we the season's already over, you've already won 7 games, you exceeded expectations, and so you're t- you've already taken a hit really on the field. You had a pretty good recruiting class considering the circumstances. You did a good job in the portal last year. After after spring, it's not ideal. You probably want to go out and grab four or five dudes in the portal, probably even more right now. Uh, but you're still kind of paying for the sins of, of Pruitt, and it's just a, it's the best way to kind of get it get it over with. Take your medicine, move forward, start fresh. That is why we have not been as active. With the numbers, and then people are like, "Man, what what are we doing, man? We not doing anything. We not doing anything." It's actually very, very smart in what we're doing right now. Very smart.
3: Okay, uh, that clears it up. I, I I wasn't connecting the the Pruitt uh, the uh, cutting numbers because of that with why well, we're not taking them right now. I wasn't putting those two together. That yeah. was my fault. No, no, um, trust me. I was it. I
1: was foggy too, man. Until until I had to. Um, you know, put the information together and and, and and get the sources together and figure it out too, so man, <laughs> you know it's not something I said this on the show for a couple of days. It's not something that you really want to go in detail about and broadcast if you're tennessee like you don't you don't really want folks to know all the details about how you're playing this thing either
3: i i I I just in my mind, I was thinking, okay, we brought in so many early in early enrollees that we filled up any room for portal kids in the spring but I see now that okay I understand now it makes sense I appreciate you clearing sure. that up for me
1: for sure man and anytime
3: alright you guys keep up the great work you do up there hey, thank, thank you. you
1: thank you David appreciate it man Real smart how we um, how we handle all this stuff not ideal, but hey, you you played in the bowl game. You exceeded expectations. First season, you got some momentum. The re- recruiting class could always be better, no doubt about it. If you're not first, it always be better. But it was better than what we expected it to be five, six months ago and after one season you will 100% be in the clear. And that's 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 pretty good because we were fearful of a lingering effect of 2 3 years and that's not that's that that's not going to be the case. So yeah. Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, Action 247. Use the promo code Swain Event for 100% match on your first deposit, up to $800. And big thanks to the Chicago Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks last night for covering. Boom! Thought you uh,
2: were upset that the uh, the Bucks didn't cover.
1: No, I was, I was telling you, Ben, I was. I was a little bothered that your Grizzlies didn't go away easier. Oh, because it made you nervous? Because it made me nervous, man. It was double digits, and then it got to,
2: like, five. Well, it was a five-point game. Ugh. And then the the Bucks had an eight-second violation, but the refs didn't call it. And it spiraled without a control. Yeah, man.
1: They're, they're, the, the, the refs are just human, Ben. Take it easy on Shut them. Shut up. <laughs>
2: I was nervous. I didn't watch the game. I was
1: watching the, the uh, game cast on my phone on ESPN. I just was watching the score uh, update. So, like, they were up, du- up double digits, like 14, 15, 11. I was like, all right, six and a half, six and a half, six and a half. And then the Bulls already covered three and a half that uh, the Cavs were favorite. So, I've already, I already won that parlay, and I needed the Bucks to cover by six and a half. I saw that Desmond Bain was out. Uh Ja was doing his thing. He had 30-something points and wouldn't go away, man. They just wouldn't stop. I figured on the road it would be a little uh, to- uh, tougher. The Bucks played great at home against the Warriors. The Bucs turned it up against real contenders at home. So I figured I'm going to take the Bucs to cover. But the Grizzlies wouldn't go away, man. They wouldn't go away. They had me nervous all the way up to, um, you know, the last freaking minute of the game. And uh, the Bucks pulled away. One by eleven and twelve, so woo, that parlay hit! Man, that parlay hit good, man. I might be able to throw a little something in the nil pot, man. With that, with that, with that earning, <laughs> those earnings. Thank you. They don't want your five dollars. <laughs> That's all I got. Swain event. Be right back. For a replay of East Day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook.
4: Good morning, Swain event crew. The new year is here and it's the 2022 East Tennessee real estate season. As I always do, I'm gonna shoot straight with you. If you have a home to sell, then you need to give me a call ASAP. Inventory is low and I will get you the most money possible and more than you think trying to sell it on your own. If you are a seller that also needs to buy a home, you need to call me ASAP. As there are ways I can help you manage that situation and stay in your home until we find what you want. If you are looking to buy, you need to call me ASAP. You absolutely need someone on your side to help navigate the current waters. And you need someone that's going to do their homework and find homes that aren't on the market yet. Bottom line, you need to call me today ASAP. Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897. If you are buying, selling, or considering investing in real estate this year, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you soon and go Vols.
1: J.C.'s tree and landscaping service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. J.C.'s will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's tree and landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways,
0: More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. A Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses.
1: Our three of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. 3 powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Feel like you again. Low T Center can help. $155 a month for self-pay for monitor, self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, or it's covered by Most Health Insurance. They ship directly to your home. Really simple, really easy. Go to the Low T Center right now to book your appointment. It starts with the comprehensive annual health assessment, they'll check all your levels, uh, not just your testosterone, but they will check your, your thyroid. They will check um, all the things that are essential to your health. Make sure that your blood pressure is where it needs to be. Um, make sure that your, your testosterone levels are where they're supposed to be. Um, you'll get that checkup. Guys, they are reinventing men's health care. Uh one stop shop, really easy, really quick, simple, convenient. Low dot com. See Ben, if you were, if you was if you was on my team, Action two four seven, if you was betting with me, you'd probably be winning a lot more. I don't know what you <laughs> over there betting, little pennies losing. If you was betting with me over here with action, you'd be making a whole lot more cash, man. A Lot more cash. With me, man. Maybe you should think about that.
2: Well, that means you'd be your New Year's resolution. I've I've been doing good on NFL games. I, I've been electing not to bet on uh NBA. SEC games. Oh, yeah. Because I don't I don't trust anybody in the SEC but Auburn. I mean you called a couple
1: unders for Tennessee. The last two games you said under and
2: you was right. Well that that's not hard to do considering Well, that, that's what I'm Tennessee saying. Tennessee can't score. Why didn't you do it? You should have you bet those, man. Should have.
1: You got the inside. You got the inside track, man. You Sometimes like, the you inside you track
2: like, can get you beat because you, like, you know too much. You
1: like Martha Stewart of uh of sports betting. I agree. I just don't use
2: the N-word. <laughs> well, Snoop said it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> if Snoop said it's okay, then it really is okay. Greg. Isn't that how that works? Yeah. Greg Askey says, um,
1: His wife is a, a Bears fan, wants to know the best candidate to fill the head coach position. I mean, I think you got to look around the league and look at Zach Taylor and um, look at Cliff Kingsbury, look at you know, Andy Reid. Um, you get your franchise quarterback, Matt LaFleur. Uh, you get your franchise quarterback, you better get someone that's an offensive guy. Uh, as head coach, or if you have a defensive guy, you better have an offense coordinator that can be that that um, type of coach to that quarterback. And you went out and you traded up to get Justin Fields. I think you better get a coach that can mold him, and um, that's the first that's the first pick. So yeah, I'm looking. I, I like. I, I really like. Um, I hate Harbaugh, man. I like Harbaugh. I like Air B. Me. Um,
2: At this point, Air B. Enemy, I'm like, okay, there, there's something. Something's up. Something is. He got some naked pictures somewhere. Yeah. Some, something's up. But. It makes zero sense. Absolutely zero sense. There is something in his closet that we don't know about. Yeah. That's the only thing that does make sense. Yeah. I like Raheem Morris.
1: I liked Raheem Morris the other night. I like Raheem Morris. I like Brian uh, Flores. Uh, I like Doug Peterson. Um,
2: I think the Bears are in a really good spot to hire a good coach. We'll see. Uh, they need to hire GM first. I I hate the whole hire a coach before the GM thing. No, they're, they're not going to do that. They're gonna hire I know, GM but first. but there are some that are attempting to do that, or or does it doesn't seem like they are. Putting one before the other, and I, I just don't understand how you could hire a coach without having a GM. That, yeah. that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. No, you're right. And Cliff Kingsbury, overrated. I'm officially one thousand percent on that's, that island. I was, I was, kinda, I was flirting with it. I was flirting with it, but I'm, Why? I'm with it now. Why is he overrated? Go look at what his teams, all the way going back to Texas Tech, oh. what his teams do in the second half of the season they always get out to these great starts and and they just drowned the second half of the season and and then then you hear comments about the team having bad body language and not looking interested in playing like i I don't think he's as good as everybody thinks that he is i'm not saying he's bad i just he, he gets thrown into the same conversation as a kyle shanahan or Sean McVay, and I don't think he's that. This like, is, what has he done to be that?
1: The whole overrated debate is, all, is always tough because where where is he rated? We got to know where he's rated
2: to determine if he's overrated. Well, when you were just asked about who your Bears should go hire as a head coach, you you listed him as the second name that somebody should, should look into as to kind of what the, the Bears should also do, do something similar. He was the second name you mentioned. I look at what he has done since he has been with the Cardinals. The Cardinals
1: fired their previous coach, and, and, and when they fired that coach, they were 3-13. and And he has made them better in every year. The first year he was there, they won two more games. And then the next year, he, he won uh, three more games after that. And then this past year, he won three more games. So they, he took a team that was uh, 3-13, and and eighteen and he went out and he's eleven and six. So he's had a pretty good start. I understand. They peaked early, their bilingual was, was not great at the end of the season. But that's pretty damn good, man. It's pretty damn good. Kingsbury's pretty damn good like so far in three years.
2: He he he's sitting there talking about our team just doesn't have a ton of playoff experience, and they 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 looked nervous, and and this and that. You are the head coach. It is your job to get them ready Dude, to play. I saw Bill Belichick
1: team look out, coach look terrible. They look unmotivated. They got the doors blown off of them. One game. Let's let's wait and see yeah. what happens with. Kingsbury moving forward and if the same thing that happened this year is a is a recurring theme let's wait we'll
2: we'll we'll see but one thing that is a recurring theme is how his teams pee the bed every single season Uh, Texas Tech and the Cardinals have examples with the Cardinals in 19 lost seven of the last nine 2020 lost five of the last seven 2021 this year lost five of the last six go back to Texas Tech he was there from 13 to 18, lost five of the last six, lost four of the last six, four of the last six, lost six of the last eight, lost six of the last eight, lost five of the last five. That's fine.
1: Hey, you can point that out all you want to. I'm pointing out how he took a Cardinals team from being worst in the, in the, in the West to making them one of the best teams in the
2: league and get to the playoffs. So I'm not saying – again, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying that I don't think he's one of the league's best coaches like people make him out to be.
1: Now, i use him as an example as a, as, as a young offensive coach, offensive mind that has a franchise young quarterback. I, I made no mention of him being a great coach or a good coach. I'm talking about you making sure that you take care of a young quarterback because I don't know if Zach Taylor is one of the best coaches in the league. All I know is it's a perfect fit for Joe Burrow. It works for the Bengals because of Joe Burrow. That's That's all I'm talking about. Um, and you look at the Chargers, even though you know their their coach goes forward on every fourth down and has has helped them helped them lose games. His name slips my mind. Uh, the Chargers head coach. Here we go. What's his Brandon Staley. But it works for Justin Herbert. Like it's a good fit. That's what I'm talking about. Um, that's what the Bears need to get. Whether it's an offense coordinator, a good fit for Justin Fields or the head coach. That's that's more or less what I'm talking about. Well, I'll tell you right now.
2: I'm out on Cliff Kingsbury. I'm out. Okay. I'm out. You, you can have all the stock. I'm I'm selling all of it. I never really had any to begin with. I, I always <laughs> thought it was kind of weird that he didn't do much at Texas Tech and then got the Cardinals job. Oh, and, yeah. And I, I think, personally, the GM deserves more credit in Arizona than than the head coach because he has been set up to get better each and every season – by the additions that the roster has made, that that team is loaded with talent, and they've peeded away down the stretch the last three seasons. So if, you can have all my stock on, on Cliff if Kingsbury. It wasn't I'm if, out.
1: If it wasn't for Kings, Kingsbury, they wouldn't have got rid of Rosen for Kyler Murray. Because remember, Kingsbury is the one who said that he he would take Kyler Murray number one in the draft if he was if he was coaching.
2: He's the one who pushed that envelope. And then three years later, in the biggest game ever. Kyler Murray is chunking it up into the air to nobody out of his own end zone. It's one game, man. Just wait. Let's wait. Uh, I'm
1: out. Let's let's wait, man. It's one game, man. One game.
2: I'm willing to recognize that, that yeah, things, a bad game. Like it, it it is still early in both Kyler and and Cliff's career in in the NFL, but uh he's a five hundred head coach and I think that uh mm-hmm. it is, is what he is. It might be, but it sure, he sure made them better than when he, what they were before. Thanks so. to all that talent the
1: GM required. Mm-hmm. Part of it, too. A lot of talent. A lot of talent in the NFC West. Uh, Drew Birmingham. Would you, would you guys mind running through the list of which guys are early enrollees or some of those still up in the air since classes? Haven't started yet. Well. I can tell you right now well, who they are. A lot of them dudes, just because classes start at a certain time, a lot of them guys are making their way
2: back to Knoxville, get, get, get to work it out. So yes. you got the list. What you got? Taven Jackson, Tyree West, Addison Nichols, Cam Miller, Caleb Webb. Hold on.
1: Let's let's count them. You got a, you got a number beside them?
2: No. Okay. Uh, start over. Taven Jackson, Tyree West, Addison Nichols, Cam Miller, Caleb Webb, Justin Williams, Desmond Williams, Squirrel White, Elijah Herring, Mo Clipper, Jordan Phillips, Chaz Nimrod, Brian Grant. Thirteen. That's a nice number. Mm-hmm. Especially when uh, you were trying to rebuild a football program and need your young guys to contribute. That was a big reason why the
1: 2015 season was, was, was better than expected because that 14 class, a lot of those guys came in early. Mm-hmm. It
2: benefited them in fourteen mm-hmm. and
1: in fifteen. Yeah, because they were not regular sophomores; they were like halfway between sophomores and juniors because they had that the extra spring. And they were not regular freshmen. Jalen Hurts was not a regular freshman, and uh, he would he would have been a whole lot different if he had came in in the fall rather than being an early enrollee. I can say the same thing about some other players as well in that fourteen class that enrolled early. So yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. That's very, very significant. Um, Chip Haynes, it's a tough balance to act for sure with what Hypo is having to do with recruits. Coach S.A.J. says, thanks, Wayne. You have calmed some of my fears. I mean, uh, there's there's still concerns. Um, I just – I probably not – freaking out like you were a little bit, Coach S.A.J., but there's 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 some rocky waters, some choppy waters to maneuver through. I, but I think um, this is the best course of action to, to deal with the scholarship numbers. And um, there's a plan in place. Um, you can, you can kind of see what Tennessee's doing. You can see what Tennessee's doing. Like, the quality of uh, – Players coming in as preferred walk ons? Yeah. Do y'all see how it's not the same as it was before? These ain't some just some 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 guys that didn't have didn't have offers and just want to play for the orange. Like there's 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 some there's a plan. There's a plan in place. Downtown Vol says so basically we don't need to get our hopes up about any names in the portal until after spring practices. Yeah. Pretty much. Unless somebody leaves. Yeah, unless someone leaves and but if you if you if you Texas if you Texas and you lose out on Isaiah Nayor. If you can't flip him, what chance do you think LSU uh not LSU, but Texas have in the SEC when they get here? Like think, let's think about this, man. Like Isaiah Naylor is from Texas, committed to Tennessee. It's a better fit for him at Tennessee to catch balls and to play in, you know, play in the SEC right now. Um, there's some super, super big positives for him right now to be at Tennessee. Don't get me wrong, and I would love nothing more for him to be here at Tennessee. But if we're taking a step back and taking off our orange-colored sunglasses and you are looking at Texas, and he's from Texas. Flipping recruits is part of recruiting in the SEC. And they're supposed to be coming to the SEC? If they can't get a kid that's right down the street from their road, how the hell are they going to be able to recruit and win in this
2: conference? And, and it's not like Isaiah Naor is like the – the highest-ranked recruit on the planet either. It, 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 he, I mean, he was popular on the transfer market, but he, he wasn't the most popular. Like, you, you you weren't dealing with Alabama and LSU, uh, Ohio State going to
1: get him. You see how A&M spanked that booty, spanked everybody's booty, but it wasn't even close between Texas and Texas A&M. Like, if you... It, I'm not saying I want Texas to flip Isaiah Nayor. All I'm saying is. is
2: if they if, can't flip him, then how are they going <laughs> to recruit in the FCC full time? My gosh. When when Alabama already owns your state on the recruiting trail. LSU, and LSU, LSU has, has had a ton there. of luck. A M and is now what A&M is. Whew. Good luck, Steve. Sarkeesian.
1: No, I'm not saying Isaiah Nayor is gone. Now don't 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 mishear me here. All I'm saying is if you are Texas and you can't flip a kid from your own state from Tennessee, how in the hell are you gonna be able to compete in the SEC consistently in recruiting? SEC teams win these type of battles. All I'm saying. I don't know if Isaiah Nayor is is. Locked in in Tennessee or not? I do know that he is officially listed as a student. That is a new development. That should make you feel better. But with the transfer portal and the NIL game, guys, I'm sorry, I just don't get. I don't get my hopes up too early. Let me know when he has signed. I want to know when he' working out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see pictures of him training with the football team. That's what I want to see. Cause you can sign and be let out of your of the LOI. You can be let out of it. If you if you know you're disgruntled, I guess. We saw a Washington player. Thanks like a really good receiver, four-star receiver. Was uh asked to be let out of his LOI. So it Can used to be – no, I don't know. It used to be, I don't care when they commit, let me know when they sign. Psh, I'm like, let me know when they show up. <laughs> I want to see them working out. I need I need screenshots. I need video. I need pictures from Twitter of guys in the weight room training with the teammates.
2: That's what I want to see now. And, and I mean, and heck, and then even with that, you'll have guys enter the portal and see that grass isn't greener on the other side and decide to, nah, I'm not going to leave. Uh, let me get back to working out. Man. I hate college football right now. Uh-huh. I ain't going to say that. I hate it so much right now. Just, aside from like the, the traditions that we love and the actual game, I just hate everything else about it right now.
1: Josh Virginia said, what's the odds that he is gone? I I mean, I think the odds are better that he that he stays. If See he, what you did, Swain? I don't want to say how folks hurt me that way. I'm saying if you are Texas, if you lose out on Isaiah Nayor, it doesn't really give you a lot of confidence about your chances to compete in SEC. That has nothing to do with whether or not he's coming to Tennessee or not. He is now a registered student in Tennessee. It's actually better than when we talked to Austin on Tuesday. It's a better chance if you're Tennessee. Shame on you. Oh, my gosh. Hey, man. I was very clear very very clear he's registered student now but I I am with um, Dave on the 423 when will the Nayord saga actually end <laughs> that's, that's what I'm waiting for when spring practice starts <laughs> no, I, I will feel at ease when I see photos of him working out
2: that's kind of weird you want to receive photos of him working out yeah
1: yeah, I do. I want to see him working out. I want to see photos of the team training. I want to see him in it. And even with that, I don't know if I trust it. Cause Photoshop these days. <laughs> I don't know if I trust video these days because you got awesome videos. <laughs> no, but if he comes from Tennessee, I'll trust. Him. I'm just kidding.
2: But that's what I want to see. Yeah. Yes, Wayne. Why? Why is your voice getting high? Hmm. I
3: don't
2: know what the hell y'all talking about. Well, typically when uh, somebody's voice gets high, it's because they're uh, they're lying. Yeah, I'm lying.
1: What am I lying about? Tennessee's chances with Mayor. I don't know. I don't know Tennessee's chances. I'm not sitting in Mayor's living room. I'm not sitting in the meeting room with Nayor in Texas and Mayor in Tennessee. I don't know. No clue.
2: No clue. Just bring, bring me Bruh, just for his name. I'll take Nayor instead
1: I'm good
5: What up bro? Bruck can
1: be a backup What up bruh? bruh. My choice is Nayor right now But he's listed as a student I'll repeat that for the fifth time And that is a better Chance than it was two days ago boy, Dave you ain't got no sense man Ain't no sense on the text box. No sense. And Ben, you egging them all. Instigator, the biggest instigator of them all. Who pretends like he's innocent. Who pretends like he's a nicest guy. Behind the scenes, Ben's an instigator. He's an agitator. He likes starting drama. So he can sit back and giggle. We got you figured out, Ben. You ain't slick. You ain't slick at all. Tomorrow, 7 a.m., Swain Event, Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. We'll be back. Tennessee LSU this weekend. Lady Vols this weekend. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hope y'all have a great, great day. Swain Event is Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Peace and love. We are out.